we're just opening up today because Fletcher is so easily distracted that I gave him an assignment to look up the different metals and their powers, and somehow he got on the tangent of Egyptian mythology and where Horus falls. So you know what? We're just going into it. Welcome to Remedial Lit. I'm Spencer. I got Connor here with me. I think Spencer's being hostile right now. Madre, barely hanging in from Fletcher's stupidity. I, I, he stole my, I, I can't. And then we have nobody else here. Somebody's too busy on their phone to participate. Uh, there's just some cool medals. Yeah, he's busy looking up, for those of you that read the first three Mistborn books, what Lorassium and Atium do. And for anyone in the know about the first three, he took a look at Atium, the power to see into the future, to kill people, and said, nah, that's pretty lame, though. So that's where we're at right now. We're just going to get into it. Book three, Bands of Mourning. Yeah, is Waxy still in his emo phase? Dude, Waxy's probably all depressed over, like, killing his wife again or something. We have a flashback, actually, Aww. to Wax as a child in the Terrace Village. Where his uncle clearly signals he's a villain, and he's just like, yeah, I didn't see this coming at all. Uh, so it's not just his uncle. We get a different person being showcased to be grandma? here. So not grandma. His so, mom? His sister and her friends, they're going to sneak out of the village at night to go to the city and party because they're upset that they, I guess, can't go outside while they're supposed to be here. And so Wax is going to go tattle on them all. He's a tattletale? Yeah, he is a tattletale, actually. That's a defining character trait. He goes and he overhears the police talking to his grandma. And the police, they mention one of the kids sneaking out with his sister, Forch. They have evidence that he's the one that burned down the dining hall last month. Because Wax went on an investigation as a child and Encyclopedia browned his way into finding a whole bunch of oil and gas rags stuffed underneath Forch's bed. So the grandma says, well, we're not turning him over to you because I've seen your prisons and there's no way to reform somebody. No place for a child arsonist. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We need to educate him. I See, well, what she's done is she's forced people. Did you tell him fire bad? So did he have like a foyer chemical ability or something to make fire? uh, No, he doesn't have a foyer chemical ability to that. He is a coin shot just like wax, though. And he's also a brute, which lets you increase your own strength through ferrochemy and when you do it with that you literally get bigger muscles so he's a child that can grow to the size of bodybuilding arnie so and he can also shoot metal fast enough to rip people to pieces with his mind so he's also a twin born yeah which is an, an incredibly rare ability he just also happens to be an arsonist yeah but when are we gonna get to the triborn so is he gonna be the antagonist no because the, the cop is like well if you cause you any trouble and he puts a bullet on the grandma's desk and walks out and the grandma says now wax you shouldn't tattle the police when you suspect someone is an arsonist that's wrong we'll handle our own problem we no, have to she's, pre- she's got a point we have to protect the institution of our tribe yeah you'll handle your own problem that's great uh the building already burned down. So then later that night, Wax sees Forch sneaking back in alone, and he's got a big burlap sack over his shoulder, and he's creeping and tiptoeing to a hidden room inside one of the buildings. So Wax says, I'll follow and see what's up. You think gold's in there? You think gold? What do you think is in there, Connor? Bodies. Bodies? <laughs> or parts of bodies. It's going to be like his element he has to burn or something. He's got a big sack of steel he's yeah. hauling around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least he could be strong. Like steel girders? <laughs> a bag so of steel girders. follows Fortune, and he finds a young boy tied up all cut up with knives around him and he turns around and Forge who has been described is like completely emotionless up until this point. He's like, Forge, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Just got to see what's inside, you know? It's He's like, got a point, man. You don't like, know what's in there until you dig around. It's like looking through a window directly <laughs> to Fletcher. <laughs> but why are you doing this? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to do it, you know? I mean, what's to stop him? Well, immediately he tries to kill Wax, and he does this by, like, flinging a bunch of nails, like, magically at Wax. And Wax, he eats up his little bit of steel he has and tries to push back. And earlier, Wax took the bullet that the cop left there, and it becomes, like, a tug of war in reverse verse between Wax and Forge as they're shoving the bullet at each other to kill each other. So a sumo wrestling match. Yeah, but then uh, Wax gets smart, and as the bullet is pointed towards Forge, he uses very refined 
Allomancy, hits the primer, and sends the bullet flying <laughs> forward into Fortress skull. Dude, that's awesome. He got his first kill at like 10. So was that like an aluminum bullet? No, it was just a normal one, but it's like made of lead or something. The powers are very ill-defined. So wasn't like the whole point of the first book was that aluminum was like the big metal that would stop these people? Yeah, I, okay. Well, I'm sorry that the 13-year-old isn't com- The serial killing 13-year-old is not a combat trained No, it's individual. just that we, he, we spent this whole thing about aluminum being the thing you use to kill people, and now you're saying there's another thing they use to yeah, kill people. Yeah, it's not people. a foolproof method. It just helps. Like, a bulletproof vest isn't going to ensure that you can walk <laughs> through an army of cops and do whatever you want, but it certainly helps. Maybe it's because he was already pushing the, the first thing. Yeah, it's like the bullet is in three pieces, the casing, the primer, the bullet itself. Does this mean that, like, a plumber is an alamancer? This like, is worst? where you guys get hung up? Up until now, they've... No, I'm not allowing this to continue. So we kill Fortune, Wax feels bad about it. So what was your tangent about Plumber Fletcher? Just that they're, like, the natural enemy to like the Mistborn or something. And then we have a <laughs> wedding. 22 years in the future or something. Oh, is this with... Uh, Steris. Uh, yeah, Steris. That's the other one. But first they go, and on the day of the wedding, they break up a gang hideout. They pop in, kill a bunch of people, knock some other people unconscious, and then he's like, I have a wedding to get to. Wouldn't these people have been invited because the whole point thing in like the second book was no this was a random raid that steris asked wax to go on at the very start of the day wait she asked him to do it on their wedding day yes you have to get it out of the way early madre if something bad is going to happen you should deal with it before is he trying to arrange an accident for him (laughs) is this just the opening to the incredibles and then at the wedding i'm ignoring that comment because i did think about it yes we have a condra that shows up as wax is like talking with steris and they're being very lovey-dovey faceless immortal knocks on the door and wax says tell harmony to get somebody else and they just walk past him. Wow, I screening God. <laughs> yeah, also the is holding out the earring and Wax is like, I'm not talking to Harmony. Fuck that guy. There's a bit of resentment there. Why would you resent Harmony? I don't know because he made him kill his wife without telling him. So? So he feels bad about killing his ex-wife. Also, God gave him a new wife. They, they yeah, also like, kind of orchestrated his entire love life, which uh, you know may shake yeah, you dude, a little. But Job God, got over it. God's his homie, bro. He just hooked him up again. Well, as they're walking down the aisle, Wax looks up, and he sees the water tower nearby falling through, about to crush him. So he has to grab Steris, push out of the way, and the whole venue gets flooded. So would you say that Harmony is like a railroading DM? That actually wasn't Harmony. So Maris... Was it? Ruin. It wasn't ruin. How do you know about ruin? You, you told read, us. You told us. I f- honestly forgot. Because <laughs> yeah, he showed up at the end of the first book, and he's like, "Here, have this book," and then he left. That that's not ruin. That's that's death. That's is death else. the other one? I'm gonna ignore that. So Marcy goes and she finds Wayne, who's pretending to be a chef in the kitchen somewhere. Ugh. He's got a fake accent on, and then he drops it when Marcy says, "Funny thing, Wayne." Somebody loosened the bolts for the water tower. It looks like it was done on purpose. And he says, well, see, the thing is, okay, I told them to flood the wedding venue. They just got carried away. You did this? <laughs> yeah, Wayne just doesn't want Wax to give up his bachelor yeah, days. Dude, he doesn't, Wayne, he Wayne, doesn't want Waxy boy. Wayne is like, actually still trying to hook Marcy up with Wax. Wayne, like, still. right now you are living your life with one body on your conscience, and you can barely stand it. I always already threatened the blokes I hired to do it. It was a simple, honest mistake. They got carried away. It could happen to anyone. You know, I'm kind of on Wayne's side here. And then as they're talking, Akondra shows up again and says, Marisi, we need your help. You're my number two girl on this one. <laughs> so, Harmony specifically requested you, after Wax, to help us with this mission. That's not cool. Well, also, we don't get the answer to what her response is right away because Wayne decides to go on a Wayne venture. Oh, my yeah. God. Does he go back to that chick who was mad at him in the last book about killing his, her dad? So Wayne goes on his little venture through town where he's, like, scamming people out of gondola rides, and then he goes and feeds a bunch of orphans. Mr. <laughs> Your <laughs> friend's richer than God. Actually, Just take the money. At this point, Wayne is also one of the richest people in the cities from his very Why is he bounties. scamming people? Because uh, he enjoys it, I guess. And then he finds a mean police officer, I guess, riding tickets for cars. Who isn't ready. Yeah, it's just a different ticket meter maid guy. And Wayne steals the dude's notebook and runs away with it so he can't <laughs> find anyone. Sanderson. Brian, Brandon, whatever your name is. And Why then, do you keep going on these <laughs> random tangents with Wayne? If you wanted to make a short story all about Wayne and his traversals <laughs> through this city, you did not need to include them in this novel. 
it's part of my master plan. You see, I have three different copies. Why are you domains. giving him the deep punish Papa John's voice? He's a representation of something greater than ourselves. I don't think a Brand- force of nature. I don't think Brandon Sanderson talks like that. Look Just- up a picture of Brandon Sanderson and tell me he doesn't sound like He doesn't this. sound like that. I've seen recording. <laughs> well, <laughs> since this is an audio medium, I am the real Brandon Sanderson. And this is how I sound. <laughs> Just be Mr. quiet. Sanderson, I didn't know you were here. There's this guy named Smith on our podcast. I think he hates you. <laughs> I actually think he's uh, spot on on his interpretations of my work. And the reason I put Wayne in here was so I could have the payoff of him saying he finally is over his one-sided crush on a lesbian for 15 years. Can I get that payoff refunded? So she's just not that into you. Yeah. That's our biblical payoff here. He's willing to say that they should let it go. And he's going to walk away. And then she's like, well, thank you. And he's like, and about your girlfriend, actually, what are the odds that two ladies and one guy... (sighs) And then she, he's like, now don't get the wrong idea, Renette. I don't care if she's fat or not. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, so we have the whole chapter for that payoff. I don't know if it really hits as well in 2023, but it's in there. Then we get the payoff because they all go back to Wax's private mansion. And Wax finds them like drinking his whiskey, smoking his cigars in his lounge as the Condra. And there's two of them. There's Milan, the chick from the second book. She's back with a guy named Vendel. And his opening line is, can I have your bones? Sweet. Like right now? His whole thing is like, when you die, I seek the finest bones for my collection. So is there like bonomancy, like alamancy? No, he's just weird. He has the bones of different famous people he's collected. Sorry, I'm actually going to donate mine to the pound. So what you're saying is this is another gallery of bones. No, he uses them as like his own skeleton since Condra have to steal bones or make them. Sounds pretty cool. Does it? (laughs) Yeah, we were introduced to it one episode ago. Well, then we have Wax saying, what? You wanted Marisy, and everyone just dives in on him like, yeah, why wouldn't we? She helped you on your previous cases. She was instrumental in the defeat of Miles' hundred lives. She's a great constable. And he's like, okay, my bad. As he sits down, and the Condra pull out one of those photograph projectors, and they just start blasting images on the wall. So here's an ancient secret temple. We all know about the powers of Alamance, right? Investiture, fortune, connection. It's very simple stuff. And they get into a whole chapter-long oh, no, explanation test. about how allomantic and ferrochemical abilities will interact and how one could theoretically drain themselves of their own identity to connect to an unpowered metal mind which would allow them to create metal minds for people that don't normally have allomancy or ferrochemical abilities. Spencer, not only am I not going to read that, I am not going to listen to that. Brandon, we believe you. We'll take your word for it. You don't have to keep explaining it. Look, you guys aren't understanding what I'm trying to do with this work here. You keep using that Ooh. voice. That's not the voice. Wait, Connor, that's Mr. Sanderson. I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Run okay. away, young man. So, Mr. Sanderson, does that mean that I can get a foyer chemical power even though I'm normal? Of course. Well, first, you have to drain yourself of identity, which I'll explain in a separate chapter. Can I become a Mistborn? Sure. Eat some Lurassium. Sweet. Got some on you? Uh, it was all eaten up and destroyed. Or was it? Ooh. It wasn't wax. It's going to become God. (laughs) (laughs) They can't. (laughs) Your face. Led by the nose. Your face was so defeated. For those of you who can't see my face, I was very upset with another prediction that may not be true. Carrying on, we have the explanation. And basically, they said the guy from the first book, the Lord Ruler, who was a ferrochemist and an allomancer, well, he had the like all 32 alchemical abilities, which made him basically immortal. He could do whatever he wanted. He was the Baskin Robbins ferrochemist. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made these bracers called the Bands of Mourning, which disappeared in the first book. They literally got thrown out of a window and no one ever went to go check on them. So they disappeared into history. And it, legend says, oh. whoever puts them on gets all of his powers. And the Chondra, they sent one of their agents to go check this place out. And he's half insane now because he lost one of his spikes on the way back after he was attacked. But he took some pictures of what could be the Bands of Mourning. And Wax just says, well, have fun with that. Good luck, Marcy. And Wow. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Book, book one, Wax, boys. Dude, he's based and punished now. Then she says, well, if you think I can handle it. He's like, yeah, you're probably going to be just fine. Like staring daggers at the Chondra. And then they're like, are you certain, Wax? 
wax because we also have something that might interest you. He's like, what? They hit the they hit the next panel, and then he sees a picture of his sister who we thought was dead, but was actually captured by his evil uncle and is now in the city where the spikes of the chondra allegedly went missing with the memory of where the bands of mourning are. Is it going to be something where his sister has the power to like use the memory or her magic to locate the man's morning? There is memory allomancy. I'm sorry, Farrah can be called copper mind, but she doesn't have that ability. I'm going to wipe that off the floor right now. Whatever you're thinking, it's Does dumber. Does she need... Oh, so she so she is involved, but it's like something stupid. I, Dude, she she's probably... a hostage. She's the MacGuffin that forces Wax to get off his fat ass and go <laughs> adventure some more. So they all start getting ready, and then they hop on a train... And they're having a great time. Steris was upset because she only had like four hours to pair. And they decide they're all going to go to New Saren. And he's got a bunch of new deadly items like grappling hook bombs and a new shotgun. And he's like going over all this. And Steris is going through all of the ledgers. And I thought of you actually at this point, Connor. Because he asked what she's doing. And she says, she's checking the account books. He's like, well, well, don't we have accountants for that? She's like, yes, but you have to check their work. You do. And or you pay a second accountant to do it. That's called auditing. She went through three different accountants, and then she's checking that. She went through three, what does it mean she went through three different accountants? Like, well, I mean, this she, guy is richer than God. So she's, like, not satisfied with the work? You just have them check each other. She's autistic, Connor. That's her whole thing. They don't ever come out and say it, but she is on the spectrum. So that means she wanted to do something on the books, and, the, like, that doesn't make sense? Well, she was making sure that they, everything was correct, and she found three missing pennies out of five million dollars does she know what materiality means fortunately she forces wax to sit down and help her find the pen missing pennies yeah so there's this thing called materiality accounting whereas like if you're off a little bit no one fucking cares well it's generally pretty small but it's more than a few pennies she found them all connor <laughs> how much is your time worth <laughs> do you know what a reconciliation discrepancy is Cash short and over? You know, I Any of this ringing a bell? That sounds like sloppy work. It looks like Connor won't be getting the Waxillium account anytime <laughs> it soon. It sounds like I'm trying to keep my billable time down so you don't get on my ass about a like, $900 bill. <laughs> I love how this is the most unrealistic thing in a story of wizards and cowboys. <laughs> no, because there are, I have fucking clients at my job who pull this shit and it pisses me off. Fucking move on. <laughs> and then they go through the politics of the outer cities. And apparently Ellendale has this, the main city that Wax is from, has this fun little deal where they force all the outer cities to route all of their trains through Ellendale and they won't allow new tracks to be built between the outer cities. And then they get this, they double tax and tariff the goods that travel through. So the outer cities are kind of mad and people are literally like throwing trash at their train as it passes through the town. And Maracy's sitting with wax and they have like a dumb little conversation where this is Maracy's book. She goes through a lot of growth and this is like the first part where she talks about not feeling good enough. Because she's not. Is it because she's just inferior to Steris? Uh, it's she feels inferior to Wax actually, and oh. she like is trying I mean, to find her. She's trying to find her own thing where she's like, "Do I want to be a lawman? Is there a better way?" Yada yada yada. Read the book if you actually care about that. I don't care about well, it. Exactly. I don't. He's a chosen warrior of God. Who cares if you're less than him? Actually, he was the first choice, but then the yeah, choice went to Steris. I'm Stare. a second warrior of God. Well, they also go through some of the notes that the con the insane Condra that's missing a spike. That's why they can't just ask where the bands of mourning are. What's his name? Uh, shit. What was it? It was. Relur. There we go. Are you sure? You need to read the book again? I took some notes, but I started misspelling his name halfway through because I just didn't care about him that much. And he has all these notes that depict faces of unholy demons and a bunch of other insane schizophrenic drawings. I wouldn't read too much into it. What do you have to do to get those powers? And then Maracy goes to find Steris and Wax, and they're having a great old time because they had a heart-to-heart, -heart and Steris and Wax kind of like each other. That's the other part of this book I'm just going to spoil now. It's Steris and Wax falling in love for realsies. You get more of Steris's inner workings. And this is even better than a honeymoon. A group field trip. I assume they, they canceled the wedding, right? They didn't actually continue after getting flooded out, did they? Yeah, they canceled it, and Steris was feeling upset because she's not good enough for wax. She offers nothing except hundreds of millions of dollars and a loving, supportive stance in everything he does. Yeah. How could she ever measure up to his dead, insane, murderous, shape-shifting wife? Yeah, she seems remarkably loyal for being just after the title. Then things finally pick back up when bandits attack the train. Ooh, I'm rooting for the bandits. On horseback. And the first what's thing... The what's the name? What's, what's, what's the bandit name? leader's name? Yeah, what's the group called? 
They don't have one. What? Mr. Sanderson? Come what? on. Uh, you call this world building? It we, wouldn't make sense for them to know their names at this point. It would be cause further investigation. We have fought insane angels. Are we stopping for bandits now? Um, here I am, lowering the stakes back down. And I guess the Ooh, bandits... Anything could happen. The bandits knew who Wax was because they just decoupled so, Wax's car. You said and Wax's car starts flying away from the train. Which isn't a problem for Wax because he increases his weight, uses his push. Now he's because he's heavier. He launches the train car back down the tracks and recouples it to the train. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then these fucking no-name bandits—they're out here throwing weird magical items, like it's a silver box that causes all of Wax's allomancy to just stop working, and he's drained of There's reserves. There's a name: Silver Box Bandits. That's what, that's what yeah, do. let's silver go, Silver Box, box Bandits. Silver Box Bandits. And then they are just getting shredded by Wax. Ooh. He is going up and down. Yeah, as it turns out, even without my powers, still a better gunman than you. Ah, there was that little detail, wasn't there? Well, they end up fighting it, and the bandits, they're led by this creepy, crippled dude who's walking around with a cane Oh, dude, a he's suit. crippled, too? Yeah, he's Doctor- oh, that's awesome. It's Dr. House on a train, insulting his <laughs> own guards and telling them to rob people. And then I guess they realize they're getting outgunned by Wax, because after Wax does his Spider-Man 2 impersonation where he pulls the train back together, he goes ahead, and the crippled guy, he jumps off. The- Actually, he has his men throw him off the train. <laughs> And then all of his guys are like jumping off. And Wax is like, why did they rob us on horseback, though? That's insanely dangerous. Do you realize what could happen? And oh, the way he kills these guards, Wax is like shoving them down onto the tracks and shit, like between, uh, the, between the links of the cars. This, is, this is the opposite of the trolley problem. So, wait, this is the good guy? Ostensibly. And the underdog. But the big thing here is that they get this magical box that somehow cancels Alamancy and they start fiddling with it after the, all the bandits jump away they get to new Saren, and immediately wax grabs mercy and they fly up over the city so imagine a multi-layered city with cable cars and gondolas that go up and down everywhere so like wild west midgard yeah and he's just flying up to the very top of the hotel scoping out the place i guess it sounds like a really cool point the issue is that we literally only experience anything in the city at this point then we never go back to the fact it's like multi-layered it just never comes up yeah when are they going to drop the plate so the six bandits that got stopped by Marisi, well, they all refuse to talk. Fortunately, Inspector Perot shows up, <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, we know all about these bandits. They are run by a big guy. And Wax is like, well, what about the dude who's crippled, who was giving them all orders? Nope, never heard of him. Probably not important. Okay. It sounds more plausible than what I said. So Wax and Wayne... Marcy, Steris, and Milan, who is also with them, they all show up at the hotel, and then they start in. Wax immediately starts busting out all the locks on the windows, saying, well, what if I have to jump out? Steris hands the woman a 98-page document documenting all the different things that could go wrong. Buffalo stampede to the lobby, attacked by gunmen, building burned down, uh, multiple thefts, framed for murder. Wayne shows up and offers to trade her his shoe for a key to the room, and then Milan walks in saying... Where can I put my skulls? Does anyone know a good place to put my bones? You know, he's got a point, though. You ever feel the like maybe- you put them in the closet, <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe you feel like these guys are holding you back a little. Well, Marcy escorts a woman out, and as she's escorting her out, she's like, so by the way, do you know where the best graveyards are? Because they're going to go hunting for the spike, and the logical place to start is in the graveyard. I wonder how people keep finding us. Can I mean, we... we keep a low profile. Can't we just get a new one? Can't Harmony just gussy up a new spike? Well, they're talking like, so should we investigate the people that attacked us? And Wax says, no. I'm not interested. I'm here to find and kill my uncle and get my sister back. I literally don't care You're about anything You're a else. law man. Not my problem. And then as they're investigating the city, they find a newspaper saying, Ape Manton escaped from prison, raiding the local Alamancy houses. And Marcy says, Ape Manton, isn't he one of your nemesises from the roughs? And Wax says, yes, he tortured me for days and nights on end. Not interested. You know, it's weird, honestly, though. I thought I put him in prison years ago. Oh, well. Honestly, this is why Miles' method worked better. He wouldn't have had nemesis. No, apparently Miles just needed to say, it's me, Miles' hundred lives, and I'm evil. But Wax, your uncle, he's over there. <laughs> he was also railroading him. So they have to go to a party to keep up appearances and investigate the nobles of the city. The reason for this is Ruler made a few notes. He had a bunch of families listed out and said, probably evil. So they figured it was a good place to start. Oh, okay. he's saying that because they're rich. No. <laughs> they go to the party, Steris and Wax, and Wax 
is super mad because the guards say, you can't have your guns here. And he says, I'm a lawman, though. And they're like, cool, no guns at the party. And so he begrudgingly takes out his like 98 guns, pours them into a bag, and they give him a ticket for it. And then there's an old blind guy out front. And he's like, ah, visitors, would you spare some change for a wizened old man? Was that the silver box bandits leader? No. he's. A, is it Wayne in an outfit? It's actually not Wayne, which was my first thought. He's a, he's a blind old man hunched over. And Wax gives him a fiver and says, get out of here, man. Go get drunk. And the guy says, you forgot your change and hurls a coin at Wax. It was one of the pennies. No, he catches it, and it's a coin with a face on it that Wax doesn't recognize because it's got one steel spike driven through an eye. And on the back, there's a bunch of hieroglyphics that are exactly like the stuff in the pictures at the temple with the bands of mourning. Must be nothing. (laughs) Not interested. (laughs) No, well, the guy throws the coin and then dips, and then Wax later finds that out what's on it. And we know that this guy is Hoyd, and this is where I'm going to lose you all because Hoyd is- It's on the first book. No, there, he isn't in any of these books except this one. He's a world jumper, so he's from a bunch of different Brandon Sanderson books. And he are connects, you, he are connects, you serious? He connects to the ten planets of the Cosmere, because all these planets are interlinked, and it's one combined story. Based on the physical, cognitive, and spiritual realms, Stop. all their powers. Stop. The shard worlds, you see, Stop. ten distinct ones. Who is Hoyd? He is a world jumper who allegedly taught Kelsier, one of the heroes of the first uh, trilogy, how to use Mistborn powers. And he also is in a bunch of other books, like, oh, we have The like the Way of Kings, I think there's Storm a reference. Wait, but, but didn't you say that he wasn't part of the first books? Uh, he's This is before the first books. You have to read the expanded material to get all this information, what? Fletcher. <laughs> or briefly browse through the wiki, which I'm not saying might have happened. <laughs> I'm with Wax on this one. Eh, not my problem. Just forward. Just keep going forward. Oh, you think we can just ignore the world so wait, jumpers, Madre? But how does he know about Hoping. everything? Does does he have like the knowledge of the universe he goes into? Yeah, he has knowledge of all magic, or investiture, as they call it in the Cosmere. And at the party, all the nobles are being very mean to Wax, and they say, your wife's a bit of a whore, isn't she? What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of quite a whore. Actually, we're not married yet. And then Wax says, Wait, he tricked me into saying that. You dirty rat. I ought to shoot you where you stand. With what gun, dear boy? He probably had one up his ass or something. <laughs> so then a different nobleman comes up and says, you know, there's a secret building project being conducted in the mountains just north of town. Isn't that interesting? Also, a quarter of the nobles in this city are in on some kind of conspiracy. Not me, though. Wait, and that'll be a hundred bucks. Wait, I, I can picture it now. Wax goes... Not my problem. He says, thank you. I'll pay you later. <laughs> wow. And I owe you. Wait, but isn't Wax like a double billionaire now that he's like marrying? He doesn't keep it on him. No. Okay. So they have to get away from the party at Lady Kelsina's mansion. And to do this, Wax says, we need a distraction. Sarah says, I've got it. And she whips out a vial of syrup of Ipecac. Oh, which no. Is, oh, which, no. For those of you that don't know, is a vomit-inducing agent. He's like, but Steris, you'll embarrass yourself. And she says, wasn't it you that said, I don't care? And then she drinks a whole bo- vial of it. Wait, she pro- drinks a whole bottle? And you only need a little bit. And then projectile vomits, getting them to go to like a side room where she can well, re- recover. Well, it isn't the long excerpt of diarrhea that other authors put in their work. Looking at you, George R.R. R. Martin. But I guess vomit's close enough. And then as they get to the secret room, Steris pulls up her dress and reveals she has a gun taped to her thigh just in case this happened. And Wax takes the gun. He's like, I'll investigate. Don't worry. No pat downs, huh? We just ask. Yeah, but that's my girl, bro. You can't touch her. We thought it would be good enough to check. Girls don't ha- can't have guns, Madre. It's unladylike. So as Wax is sneaking around, Marcy and Wayne go grave robbing. Sweet. First, they scam a bank for a bunch of documents that would alert them to where the most grave robbing occurs, I guess. And then they Why go- would they have that at a bank? And then she examines the financial documents. It runs many, in the family. How and many graveyards could there be? And then they go there, and there's an old cockney grave digger sitting out at midnight counting his ill-gotten gains. And Wayne puts on a fake accent and disguise. Ugh. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm a grave robber too, mate. Would you show me where the best graves to rob are? And the guy's like, oh, if and you'll be like me, I see no problem with that then <laughs> the most trusting criminal and then there's... you know that this one time madre when i was out murdering a dude another guy came in he's like wow i just murdered the people downstairs and we totally hanged out because that's what criminals do networking connor it's called networking you hanged out more like you hung out <laughs> that's on me 
they surprisingly get attacked by set goons while they're grave robbing and they just put up a speed bubble then they set off some dynamite the constables come running and it's then that we go back to wax who's sneaking around lady Kelsina's mansion and he hears lady Kelsina talking to his uncle in the other room and he's like well just distract him how hard could it be you have eight mountain you have the train robbery what aren't you doing right wait and, why doesn't wax just kill him now well he kicks in the door to kill him and he finds out that the set have invented radios what? and they're talking to okay over, sure <laughs> they're talking to each other over radios and he has no idea what it is but then lady Kelsina, she also has a series of I don't know, like household assistants, and her old maid walks in, and then her maid apparently is a brute, someone that can tap ferrochemical strength, because the maid fucking explodes with muscle, grabs wax, and then over the radio, his uncle just says, deal with this. And the jack fucking guard pulls out Wax's gun, shoots Lady Kelsina with it, and then tosses Wax across the room as another maid, I guess, yells, Help! Wax has killed Lady Kelsina! Didn't Steris, you specifically said Steris had plans if they got framed for murder. Oh, uh, no, she said it was a possibility. Yeah, Karn. But you said she had a plan for that possibility. And then Wax starts running away, and the fucking jacked old lady is chasing after him. So that she finally catches up to him, and Milan, who is in disguise as a buff waiter, Later, jumps around the corner yeah and then okay. the jacked old lady just punches her face and it's like the terminator because the old lady breaks her super strong hand revealing that milan has an aluminum skeleton what? like the term there's a metal skull milan rips off her own arm revealing a giant blade made of metal instead of what? a humorous bone and stabs the old lady which causes her to deflate like a balloon wait you're not supposed to do the trickery true i'm supposed to be the trickery too and their next plan is to simply go ahead and run away. So Wax runs back, grabs stairs, they jet out the window, and the next thing you know, they're flying back to their hideout, I guess, at the hotel. It's there that they go ahead and they all decide to take a stagecoach out of town. They're hopping and leaving. As they're le- fleeing, Stairs, yes, Connor does stick her out of the window and says, page 17, framed for murder. They're fleeing New Saren, and while they're going that, Marisi starts messing with the box, trying to figure out how it works. Nearly kills them all and it turns out that the box uh, stores and releases allomancy whatever you pour into it and they also find out because wax jacked this bracelet off lady kelisina's corpse that the set have somehow devised a way to make metal mines that anyone can use so they just left this box behind yeah and they have saying, like a bunch of them or are they just really that careless what if, just throw it at the main character and wh- then leave what if i told you that it isn't even something they made it's just something they found and there's only a handful and they threw it at so him. what you're saying is i only have to erase my identity to get like super speed yeah it shouldn't be tough for you to do <laughs> sweet so they're going ahead and as they're fleeing wax says he'll expect me to go back to ellendale i have to hunt him down in the mountains it's the only way so they all get off their stage coaches and they just find the set base in the mountains okay oh yeah. sure yeah the, yeah the mountains you know you stamp a postcard for the mountains you know and then you're to the mountains <laughs> i mean how, how big could the mountains really be <laughs> so they have milan scouting the area and they just find this massive town-sized warehouse that somebody built in the mountains. I'm like, but how can we get past the guards? They have a funnel. It's perfectly designed. And then they push Wayne off a mountain. Uh, huh? Oh, well, they it, skipped it was, ahead to what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Spoiled Tomato. You see, they push him down because they were guarding the front, but they didn't expect anyone to descend the 400-foot sheer cliff. And they shouldn't expect that. <laughs> Fortunately, Wayne can survive falling that far because he just heals up and then he goes and distracts the guard. And they're like, okay, gang, we got to split up. So Marisi and Milan go to hunt down the spike, which they just assume that the set have uh, because the set were like, also, I thought you got rid of that shapeshifter after you dug the spike out of its head and sent it to us here in the mountains. Oh, uncle, your vocalization gets worse every year. <laughs> and then Wayne and Wax decide, okay, but we're going to go kill my uncle. And they just decide to hunt, start out and go look to kill the uncle. Do they find him? No, they don't. They find his sister, though, who's being held under guard. His, so that would be Wax's aunt? No, it's Wax's oh. sister. Oh, Wax's sister. Yeah, I Wax's sister, sister, Telson. And they walk in, they're like, Telson, I'm so happy I found you. And then a guard walks in, and Telson just grabs Wax's gun and shoots him. And she's like, I've been held here against my will, Wax. He's evil. Our yeah. uncle. Yeah, He's made okay. no secret about that uh, for your entire life. I'm going to call Did he it? give you the bank speech? He gave me the bank speech. <laughs> Women can't be bankers <laughs> cause me here. I'm going to call it Telson's evil. You're going to call it Telson's evil. Yeah. Why was she being held prisoner? 
Uh, to bait wax into coming there. Why did she shoot her own men? Easy. To because make them believe the she wasn't right. Okay, game, set, match. Fletcher's I'm actually with Fletcher. You're with Fletcher? I think she's or she's either evil or she's... She's working with Mr. Suit. She's not with Wax. It might be like a separate evil thing in the uncle set. separate but evil. She's, she's not with Wax. So as Marisi and Milan are investigating, they find a demon. Sweet. But it's not actually a demon. So it's a midget in a wooden mask in a cage that the set have captured. Common and, mistake. Yeah, they take off the mask. It's like some kind of tribal. He's wearing wearing weird 14th century garb of super long stocks, capris, a white tunic, and he's trying to speak their language, but he's doing a very poor job of it. The spitting image of a demon. And then they're like, oh, well, we can't just leave him here. Let's free him. So they open up the cage, and he runs out, and they walk in the next room, and there's a bunch of bloody masks pinned to the wall and a other bunch of weird technology they've scavenged from this giant ship that's just being examined full of weird circuitry, he's metal they alien? don't recognize. They're not aliens. Connor. Are they from this planet? Oh, are yes. they world jump? Okay, they're, they're not world jumpers. In fact, we don't even know about the world jumpers except for another one who meets Wax at the party and asks him explicit questions about his powers. And if you read enough through the clues, you learn her name is Chris, which again shows up in different Cosmere books. And if you're a Cosmere fan, this is a great reference. If you're not a Cosmere fan, it's a very unnecessary and confusing <laughs> jump in characterization that may lead you to wonder why this is in the book. You know the impression it gave me? You know when Stephen King writes himself into the Dark Tower series as yeah. an insane drunk about book six. Yeah. That's the impression I got. So I'm just wondering, Mr. Sanderson, Wait. since you're here with us today, <laughs> why is it you decide to include this? Well, to include the Cosmere as a whole, I decided that introducing characters that show up in more than one book, it would better explain giving the opportunity for my own personal style. Spencer? Of Yes. Or Mr. Sanderson. Indeed. However you call yourself. Are you not worried about splitting your personality and now at the point you're talking to yourself? No, after this book, I've decided that that's actually healthy to compartmentalize everything that Spencer is reading. <laughs> Who am I and talking to right now? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? It's Mr. Spencerson. The name's Hoyd. I world jumped here. Oh, uh, what powers do you have? All of them. Sweet. Never, what's your favorite? Well, let me get into how the powers work first. Connor. No, you don't. <laughs> Just name it. You can name. And Wax, I'm sorry, Marisi and Milan, they also just find the spike. It's in a suit. It's in like a small little safe that they just open up like, oh, it's the Condor spike. That's handy. And they find that. What's the use of a safe, man? They just opened it. Man, remember when Condors were far more exciting in the last book? Marisi's no. like, can't you just use your finger trick where you melt your skin into a wax-like substance and then unlock the lock with your finger? She's like, I could, but I could also just do this. And she pulls out some lock picks she has stashed inside her own body. Yeah. yeah learning normal skills isn't like an immortal shapeshifter is kind of lackluster, actually. Not cool. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo. We have them escaping with the guy, and they're getting shot at because Wax goes turbo murder on the way out and just starts killing everybody. They have to take cover in the giant ship with all the weird technology, and the tribal they have with them is freaking out, throwing amulets around their neck, and they find out that these amulets just let you store your weight, just like Wax can do, except now they can do it easy peasy. And the guy's like yelling at Wax to make it fly. So he pushes down, and they have the flying ship that accelerates up out of... It's a, it's a smaller ship hidden inside the bigger ship, and it flies up into the air, and now they have flying ships. So that's how we get flying ships. And when I was thinking about rereading this book, I'm like, I know they get a flying ship at the end, but how? And I was about 80% of the way through this book when this thing shows up. I'm like, oh, yeah, they just get it in a chapter. I forgot. <laughs> well, I mean, we already introduced the radio. The seal's broken, really. Anything goes. And, oh, yeah, the amulets that they have. So one of them, the guy's also shivering the whole time until he puts on an amulet that gives him warmth and he puts on a different amulet that lets him speak the language through the power of connection which lets him connect to the land and speak all of their languages. Have you ever thought about just learning the language? Well, Marisi's like, but what if I put it on? She puts it on and it doesn't work because apparently the visitor always has to wear the amulet of connection and we get into the whole distribution of nicrosil and iron and everything else that makes up this stupid powered ring. Is Yeah, he has like whole schematics in this fucking book and they're like, well, what are what's your name? He's like, my name is Alec and he's a dumb Nordic accent. I come from the Southlands and it's, so in the first book, we find out that when the Lord Ruler got the powers of God for eight minutes, he may have accidentally put the Earth too close to the sun and melted away a bunch of the planet's life, forcing him to use volcanoes to create a layer of ash to protect the world. But it didn't cover the south half, so they just adapted to living next to the sun, I guess. Can't, 
Cool. Seems like a very poor solution. He didn't just move the planet back. And then after they went ahead and adapted to living near the sun, when Harmony became God and he made everything normal again, they all started freezing to death. What? At this point? It's like, no, you you move it and you change it back like real quick. But You want to do this hundreds of years later after it's been adapted? You know, I'm not saying anything, but death sounds like he would have been a better God. Death would have... Shut the fuck up. You don't even know his name. (laughs) And what is it, Butcher? (laughs) Go ahead and guess. It's Mary. Rays? I think I think you said Rays. No, it's not Rays. It's Marsh. And <laughs> what a lame name. They go ahead. <laughs> Imagine being named after a swampland. <laughs> <laughs> they go ahead, ignoring you two, and they decide that the best way to proceed forward is to go cut off Wax's uncle at the pass, because Wax's uncle is going after the bands of warning, which do exist. Alex and his crew, they were dispatched by their people to go find it. They have a map to the location. Isn't that handy? In fact, other people have gone there before to destroy the bands of warning, and the metal that they use to fly their ship, it's called et metal, or harmonium, a god metal. Why? You you can't eat it, though, because otherwise it'll explode, like that bomb they brought with them. Why wasn't Harmony talking to these guys? He's a douche. And then they go ahead because they're like, the sovereign, he saved us. And like, who, the Lord Ruler? Yeah, that guy, sure, whatever. He had a spike through his eye and he showed up and taught us how to make these amulets that anyone can use as a metal mind. Pretty nifty, huh? <laughs> what a nifty lesson I could have learned, but... We also made these boxes and he turns it on and like keeps using wax's alamancy to keep the ship flying. We have flying ships too. It ha- it's a thing. And we have a whole culture of wearing masks. We don't let anyone see our faces. Unlike, uh, actually, it's a lie because... I'm going to take my mask up and down about every conversation I have. Mr. Sanderson, please. And I'm sarcastic, even though I worship Wax as an alamancer. All righteous, dumb one, whatever the fuck I said. It was a whole series of insults vaguely designed as passive aggressiveness. Wow, can you believe that all that commentary was totally in the book and quoted word for word? The weird part was how natural it felt to get an entire history of a second set of people, multiple peoples, dropped on you in one chapter, and then for Wax to say, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> By the way, our tech level is a couple thousand years ahead of yours, but whatever. Not interested. We got to go kill my uncle. And then they're flying over the uncle's <laughs> guys, and Wayne accidentally drops a sack, alerting them to their presence. So wait, if they're going up into the mountains, can they like Donner Party? Mr. They've Snoop? left the mountains. They're not in the mountains anymore. They're in the sky above the mountains, and they fly to a magical temple that has a whole bunch of weird hieroglyphics carved into it, and a figure of a statue out front with a spear in one hand, a spike through an eye, dressed in finery. You think we're at the right place? Nah. Sure. That's just a natural landmark. Natural formation, you see. So they go ahead and they start sneaking into the temple. They're like, we'll just steal the bands of mourning before Mr. Sue gets here. How hard could it be? And they find a pile of dead bodies of the group that was sent to destroy it, but then became obsessed with greed and the desire for power and tried to steal it. Wax, oh, is this kind of like the, a last crusade temple test? Wax actually deduces all that. He's like, this is exactly what happened. And then Alec, who's like, yeah, that pretty much lines up with what we thought. That makes perfect sense. You did it. You deduce it. <laughs> sure, you just don't want powers of post-cognition to be sure. Unnecessary. Okay. I'm just here to kill my own. Right. And then they find a series of booby traps that lead to allegedly the bands of mourning. So their plan is very simple. How do they get past it, Fletcher? Use your brain. What's the booby trap do? Uh, shoots spikes at you, drops a log, drops acid on you. Why, don't they, you. why don't they just have Milan go yeah, through Yeah, just have it. a Chondra go through. I hate, okay, that's exactly what they do, actually. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Another hand clap for success. Wow. They're so proud about themselves. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like introducing a mortal shape-shifting angel has kind of trivialized a lot of human so problems. So she's like walking through the series of death traps. Her bones are getting broken. Her like clothes are getting torn apart. And they're like, oh yeah, this is working. Actually, oh, yeah. perfectly fine. Wax deduces the pattern of death traps and just starts pointing them out and they walk around them after that. And then Mr. Suit, who snuck up in the meantime, comes up <laughs> saying, I wish to parlay. I have 20 alamancers surrounding you right now. There's no way out for you or in for us. We have to work together to the bands of mourning. Bet. <laughs> I mean, we uh, wait, got a isn't box this, that kind of yeah, makes that pretty trivial. This is just a last crusade. And then Wax just pulls a gun on his uncle and says, well, I really don't care. So oh, there's okay. that to consider. And they're walking Mr. Suit through all the death traps. And the whole time, Teslin is next to Wax saying, don't you ever wonder about your legacy, brother? About what leaving behind? Oh, there it is. Oh, there's the evil. Yeah. Is it a crime to push society forward? Who, is Teslin the, the uncle's name? Teslin is the no, sister. Mr. Oh, 
Oh, there it is. Edwin is Mr. Sue. I, yeah, I don't think you ever said the sister's name before. So no, I you, no, he, he did. did. He, I forgot. And then Telson <laughs> is like, now tell me something. Don't you want that power? How can you sit here when it's so within grasp? The ability of all 32 medals, brother. Let me think guess. about what you could do. The potential. Let me guess. Wax just says... I don't care. I don't want to think yeah. about what I can do because if I do, Mr. Sanderson is going to send me to another expo dump. The four skeletons on the stairs had the same idea. And then they get through all the death traps. They walk in the next room and they find a big empty glass case. Wah, wah. The truth oh, was inside no. us all along. Well, then Wax is like, wait a minute. My sister's been acting kind of strange lately. And he turns around and she's got a gun out. And You're she- the investigator. <laughs> She just shoots wax a bunch. He gets clipped through like the neck and the collarbone, gets thrown back. Mr. Suit pulls off his shirt, revealing he has a big metal spike driven into his chest. And he's got a bunch of allomantic abilities now. And he's like, we've also discovered the powers of hemallergy wax. And he's, he's a coin shot. He pulls out some coins that Teslin tosses him, shreds Wayne with a series of shotgun pennies. Yay. <laughs> so what you're saying? And then Wayne immediately heals up because he has the gold medal mine they stole from Lady Kelsina. And he runs Boo. off. He runs off. <laughs> down the tunnels and then Marisi tries to react and Mr. Suit just bodies her because he's got a bunch of magic powers now yeah then they just they just take Marisi, Steris and Alec the Nordic dude hostage they walk him out in the cold and Telson in an act of what I can only describe as petty bitchiness pulls off the warmth amulets they have and they all just start freezing to death especially Alec who can like he starts freezing to death in like 75 degree weather so it ain't exactly great for him to be up in the mountain cold Wax is running from his uncle, who follows him down a big hole, and they're doing a taunting thing where it's like, you see, Wax, you never saw the potential of the set. We're going to create a shadow government I'm going to world. kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. There's no way for you to stop us. You see, we have plans within plans. Your death will be at my hands in as soon as I can manage Trying it. Trying to lure me into a death trap, nephew? Yes. It, yeah. You're going to die. And then Mr. Suit just like steps around the booby trap Wax had figured out was there. And he's like, well, that sucks. Then Mr. Suit steps back and steps on it on purpose, causing a bunch of rocks to fall on top of Wax. So he's like shot to hell, crushed to death. And then Wayne shows up and punches Mr. Suit. And Mr. Suit says, and flies away with his alamance. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) But... I, I can't fight him. He's got time stopping and healing abilities. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> he doesn't hit any harder than a normal dude. Now, to be fair, that's probably the smartest villain play he can make. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> dude, he's like the Snow Yeti from that episode of like Scooby Doo that just flew. I refuse to give Wayne this win. <laughs> and then Wayne leans down next to Wax, who's dying, and he's like, "So long." old partner and then wax dies and then Aww. we go yeah we go ahead and we jump back to marisi steris and, yeah. <laughs> and they're like how can you do this to us and Teslin's like ah, i'm evil or something they <laughs> empty out they empty out marisi's purse and another act of petty bitchiness and they're like blast i thought she had the condra spike and Telson also has a bunch of spikes shoved into herself she's like i won't have more power now anyway about this giant ship that's buried in the snow here from the previous southern scaladrians that came to bl- blow up the whole temple let's just take it and then an array of set goons march out of the woodwork and start getting to work they have all the captured previous sky people with them they w- march them on the ship they start firing up the flying ship so the set just has a flying ship now cool. i'm not sure where these dudes actually I mean, came they from ha- they had one before and they didn't know how to use it and then they're like oh yeah i guess you just push that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of the fact that they had it before. Uh, it's a different kind of ship. Let's go with that. Okay, whatever. And then they fired up. They got a flying ship. And Marcy's like, but my Chondra spike. And when they walked in the temple, you know that statue I mentioned with the spear and everything? Well, it had a detachable aluminum spearhead, that super valuable metal. And Wayne pocketed it for later. And then Marcy yelled at him. What did he leave for that spear tip? No, uh, he just took it. Oh, he and, didn't bargain? Yeah. Didn't even, like, and and then, he's, a... then he's like, you can't steal stuff, Wayne. Well, what? Why not? They're not using it. And he trades Marisi for her Condra spike. I don't know why. And she finds the spearhead there. And Mr. Suit comes flying back. Because in that tunnel where he crushed wax to death, he found the real bands of mourning. And he puts them on. He's like, yes, unlimited power is mine. And it just like fizzles out. Correction. Maybe not. 
And he downs a bunch of metal. He's like, yep, still nothing. Because Marisy realizes that the real bands of mourning wouldn't have been behind a series of death traps if anyone ever wanted to pick them up again. Instead, it wasn't an aluminum spearhead. It was an alloy of all the metals. And the spearhead gives her every single magical power, the ones that we haven't even been introduced so, yet. So Maris has a spearhead, would you, and she's all she's going to become all powerful. She goes super saiyan. Would that make her a Marisy Sue? <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> well, she she then moves so fast that she creates a sonic boom. And Wait, but doesn't she need to eat the metal first? Uh, No, she just draws the power direct. Because that's ferrochemical speed that she's drawn. Because she has all the ferrochemical oh, abilities okay. and the allomantic abilities. And she moves at supersonic speed and it flies away. And Steris just says, well, I certainly need to adjust my plans if this is the kind of thing that keeps <laughs> happening. My contingencies need work. And she's saying this to Alec, who is freezing to death and turning blue. So I don't know if now is the best time for humor. Marcy flies in and Wax is having a whole conversation with God because he's dead now and he meets God for the first time face to face. And I was like, you're going to keep keep telling me no, big boy? You Actually, yeah. It's yeah. like, so are you still going to be mad? called this meeting direct. <laughs> and then he's like, look, you can't be mad at yourself, Wax. You did what you had to do. You did this. <laughs> yeah, but think about it, Wax. Wouldn't you have wanted your, you to be the one to put your insane wife out of her misery? Yes. It's I'd for the best. I'd prefer none of that happened at all. Well, what am I supposed to do? I'm only God. Yeah, that's his argument. He's like, where should I stop then? If I prevent one tragedy, what about choice? How about not setting me up with a crazy shape-shifting angel wife that goes insane and then I have this to This was the best possible outcome. I am God and I have decreed Rather than so. not interfering at and all. And Wax says, you're probably right. Then, no. Then, <laughs> then they see a massive representation of an outside God force attempting to pierce all of the planet that they're on and in fact it was some kind of unholy retribution or something. Sweet. And then, but more importantly, uh, Harmony says, so, are you ready to go back? And Wax says, sure, I guess, why not? Uh, he picks up his, he, well, actually, it's a bit of a Morpheus choice because he holds out the right hand and the left hand, and Wax picks up the left hand, which is, in reality, Marisy slipping him the bands of mourning. He instantly heals, he goes Super Saiyan, flies up out of the rubble, starts tossing set goons around like it's nothing, ripping them apart, and he's like, I could just rip apart their flying ship with my mind. But I'm a lawman. So he crashes through the ship, <laughs> flies up to Mr. Sue, and says, I've got the powers of God. I'm coming with you, Uncle. And his uncle is lighting a pipe and says, Are you so certain about that, Waxilium? He says, To God. <laughs> just just <laughs> smack the pipe out of his hand. Just, just tell him, like, to be a little patient and tell him he can't smoke in here. He's like, But if you kill me, Wax, who will stop the bomb I've activated inside this ship? I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to. Brutally maim you. Kick his fucking I'm leg super out. super Break quick. his knees. Yes. I can evacuate everyone from the ship the, and kill your you. Your friends and the prisoners I've taken will die. So, so here's the deal. We duel. Man versus man. The quickest gun in the West. Isn't that your whole thing or something? Dude, yeah, he well, the, the sharpshooter kind of blew that up. Just kill him. And then <laughs> Wax says, a duel then. No. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love duels. So No, you don't. <laughs> is, the, is this lawful? <laughs> so then Mr. Suit just shoots at Wax, and Wax doesn't even try to shoot. He tackles Mr. Suit, who's like, ah, but I've also made myself, pulls out a different spike, a leecher, and he drains Wax of all the allomantic abilities Aww. and then wax says yeah but i've also got like ferrochemy so and then wax makes himself super heavy and he crashes through the bottom of the flying ship with mr suit they're traveling down about <laughs> 700 meters into the mountain floor and the whole time wax is like are you going to save yourself uncle because he's still a coin shot he's like blast and he has to save himself with alamancy unfortunately saving wax as well because he's holding on to him they land and wax just punches him out Sweet. Lame. Okay. Yep, that's the whole big, the powers of God, and he ends it with a punch. I'm well, just it, saying. He just wants just, to he, drive home that he's still a man. Well, it's fine, though, because Marcy came back with guns and heat amulets and all the captured sky people. She just armed them up, and they beat all the set guys off screen, basically. Oh, okay, cool. Well, Wax also killed a few on his way to get his uncle, like casually. Just, Incidentally. Yeah, casually snapping their necks or hurling them 50 feet through Why the air. Why is it okay for them to die, but not him? And then Wax straight 
strings up his uncle, binds, gags him, hangs him up on the spear, drains him of all metals. And like, but I'm not sure if this is quite enough to keep him contained. What about your sister, bud? Oh, well, when Wayne sees Wax die, he picks up Wax's shotgun and goes and hunts down Telson. Oh. And then, then she's oh. like, here's oh. the Wayne solo adventure I've been looking for. <laughs> and then she, the whole thing with Wayne is that he can't use guns, remember? And she's like, but you can't. He's like, actually, about that. Then he puts the shotgun to her face and blows her head off. Yeah! Wow. Okay, I misread that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call that a tactical miscalculation. <laughs> so while all this is happening in the hubbub, Wayne grabs the spikes that... Oh, because I forgot to mention that uh, in another act of petty bitchiness, Telson carved the spikes out of Milan, so she reverts Aww. back to an insane pile of goo. Wayne takes those, tosses them back to Milan, so she's back to being alive, I guess. And they come back, Telson's body's missing, and it's revealed that she had a gold medal mine and she just healed up and left. Okay. Really got to confirm these. I love her internal monologue of calling Suit stupid. Oh, did I forget to mention that she's the one that recruited Mr. Suit? She actually is his superior and she gives him orders. Wait, but he was the one who was getting the ultimate power. We are going to say another tactical miscalculation on she that. She didn't want the power. She <laughs> wanted her second in command to have all the power. Well, she put them on and she's like, no, these are broken. Where'd the real power go? He's still got the spike with all those powers, though. Yeah, she has some spikes, too. Don't worry about it. We all have spikes here. Yeah, I have spikes. You have spikes. <gasps> Can I get spikes? Because the whole thing is like, we're going to steal Alimantic powers for the shadow government. Isn't that evil? Sure. No, not really. Well, what if I said that you had to make these things by killing Alimancers by driving spikes through their hearts? What that if I told just... you a dead Alimancer means nothing to me? Oh, we have eight Manson here. Hunter, <laughs> professional hunter of Alimancers. Uh, Fletcher, taking the role of wax, how are we going to contain this monster? Uh, Are you evil? No. Okay, it seems pretty good to me. Good enough for me, I guess. And they all hop on the flying ship back to Ellendale with the captured set and Mr. Suit in the brig. Everything's wrapped up nicely. They're like, we're going to get married. We love each other now. We had a whole conversation. Ooh. My, but that was, seems like a setup for a, a no marriage flag. No, it's it's it works because they land on the skyscraper back in Ellendale. And they're like, yep, the outer cities are about to rebel. There's a whole population full of flying machines that we can't possibly comprehend to the south that also could possibly invade us and uh, oh yeah the set they exist and they've got new kinds of powers and technology that we're not even capable of understanding did i miss anything no cool, cool. Time for a wedding. I'm surprised Wax is still pretty down to be a cop, considering all the governments he's seen are just, like, exploitive. Explicitly super evil. Have people living in toxic ways to make an extra few pennies. Like, <laughs> slavery on all this shit. And he's yeah, like, well, you gotta arrest people. Where did you know? those pennies that Marcy was talking about go? Well, Madre, I know you're probably not down with Stairs, but what if I told you that she loves the equivalent of Mountain Dew? Oh, well, now we're talking. Yeah, at the party, they have soda water in New Saren that they mixed with citrus flavoring and sugar. Uh, and Wax takes a simple sip and says, this is disgusting. It grows on you. <laughs> Don't worry, though, because Steris, she downs the whole thing. So we have a delightful side story of Steris getting Mountain Dew and another side story of Marisi getting hot cocoa from the southern people. In the middle of all the brutal maimings and head shotgunning and <laughs> meetings with God, we are, I'm just glad we can lighten it up a bit with proper Wait, humor. you said she got hot cocoa from the southern people? Yeah. What if they want a cold drink because it's hot all the time? No, they like... It, they, it's cold to them, Connor. They want it hot. You're getting hot and cold. They, so they, it is a cold drink. It's just you're hot, hot to them. Then you're cold. No, you're no, yes, they need to be super no. hot. So the hot cocoa is relatively cold. Yeah, to them. because that yeah, the first I, ruler he made everything ash. Shut. That's what he liked. Up. Fletcher. I think it was all worth it. For Mountain Dew, that is. Well, now that, we've, now that we've established my favorite drink, within the Mistborn universe, I'd just like to take this opportunity to talk about my new sponsor, Mountain Dew Code Mistborn. Now, what, what I've made special about this Mountain Dew is I've added specific heavy metals to every different one, and there's 32 different flavors that you can get. You gotta collect them all. All right, Miss Sanderson, fill me up. I'm so glad you could get in my promotional material. Now, while you're drinking these Mountain Dew, if you unfold the label, you'll see I've described in explicit detail how powers such as storm surging relate an investiture and connection to other metallic arts. Don't care. Mr. Sanderson, this is, this is handwritten in here. I, I made each one with love. 
All 78,000. It took me a whole afternoon, if you'd believe it. I got practice writing books. So as they're getting off the fucking ship, they're like, yeah, we're just going to let the uh, people take the ship back, and hopefully they don't come back angry at us. Oh, and the bands of mourning that we still have, the unholy godlike power, we're just going to give that to the conjurer who will keep it safely so no one gets it. Oh, the people that go insane when a slight part of their body is misplaced? Those people? Yeah, the ones that the, the shape- people that are super hard to kill? The duplicitous ones, yeah, that we already can't kill. Uh, so we also have an epilogue here. Mr. Suit is sitting in prison, and he hasn't talked for two weeks. And then a mysterious figure with glowing red eyes shows up, says, like, hail trail or something. We don't need you in the set anymore. And then he sets off a bomb in the prison, killing everyone. Mr. Suit's dead. So don't expect what, what, any closure. Mr. Suit's not dead. Yeah, actually, he says, we don't need you on this plane anymore, which I can only assume is him going to a different part of the Cosmere. <laughs> Maybe he's hanging out with Hoyt. Who knows, right? I certainly don't give a fuck at this point. And then Wax is sitting with Starris at their honeymoon. He's like, I wonder. He pulls out that coin he got, and it turns out it's a copper mine that anyone can use. And a copper mine is something you can use to store memories. And he decides, why not? Cracks open the memory, and he's forced to be looking out of two eyes, one with a metallic spike driven through it, one without. He sees a bunch of masked people, and he's like, oh, uh, survive or something. Check out my arms. They're covered in scars. And for anyone who has read the first, like, three chapters of Mistborn, book one, they know, okay, so this is pretty obviously Kelsier, who is who died back in, I don't, 400 years ago or something, and apparently is back from the dead in this one, offering people who should also be dead untold magical power that he shouldn't know about, given with materials he shouldn't have. So we're just going to see where we go in the next one. Mr. Sanderson, is it? How, how can you explain this? Uh, read the Cosmere. It's quite simple if you read my 96 Expanded Universe I don't novels. want to. Well, you're going to have to. How many more what bosses of the set are there? So we have Telson, whose who's like set name is Sequins, and apparently... That's kind of lame. Yeah, apparently <laughs> they are setting up for hundreds of years down the road, and he's oh. already talked about having a Mistborn serial killer set in the 80s equivalent, so I can only assume that he's setting the set up to be some kind of ultra-big-bag shadow government hundreds of years in the future. I don't know, man. This one... I like this one a lot because you get more intel on Steris. The issue with me is that this is the first book out of three that Steris and Marisi have had a single conversation. And they're supposed to be sisters. And what made me mad is that we never got any other interaction with them up until this point. And I kind of get, he's like keeping Steris back because you form some opinions about her in the first two that change in this one as you get more of her own insights. I'm just not super down with intentionally withholding information like that. Also, this is the book that really made me hate Wayne from his weird it because it, it's supposed to be funny until you like read a little bit into it and then it's like he's been harassing a woman for 15 years yeah sorry about your uh, sexual choice but I'm okay with it now if you want to have a threesome as long as she's not fat <laughs> he said he was okay if she was fat oh, don't mischaracterize him even if she's fat he said even if she's fat so it well, still what, implies what shape is Wayne in I, rel- I, I have such a hard time visualizing Wayne dude I picture him as like a no, short stout no, dude no he's like wiry which is the problem but I also imagine him as a short stout dude which is not at all how he's described the other thing is that we have all his information dumped on all these other powers and that'd be fine except he missed out on probably the coolest and most fun ability which is the ability to store fortune don't tell me you have a luck manipulation ability and then never use it because that shit is fucking gold it's wasted opportunity actually i believe it's nicrosil but fletcher just pulled up a picture of wayne and his dumb top hat with cane so there he is he's got mutton chops now i guess go ahead madre uh, uh so they both got every single ability and i think they kind of fell into the same trap we did where they couldn't recall it all at once so they just decided to punch each other really hard <laughs> yeah that's also a really good point and that he could very easily just like brainwash mr suit with mental allomancy but never did that i guess his whole thing is he shoots stuff right so i guess maybe he's just a straightforward person the other thing i did kind of like was that you get more marisy development in this one and she kind of grows into her own she's like i don't even want to be a cop because shooting people is like the last step. We can fix everything before that. So you get like more. She different- wants to be a social worker. Yeah, kind of. Which yeah, I but guess shooting is, people's bad. I guess is interest cool, Fletcher. So we have a <laughs> we have a murder fan here. Uh, the whole thing with Mistborn trilogy one is that. It's talking about the effects of the past. Like, we go back to the Lord Ruler's past, the history of preservation and ruin, what happened way back when. This trilogy, I guess quadrology, is shaping up to be more about 
the effects of the future. So thematically, I get what he's doing here. I just found it kind of eh. So that's why she hands off the god power? Because she's like, I don't like being Literally, the yes. I don't like being the person that pulls the trigger. Spencer, but you know that now that we've been introduced to the Cosmere, we need to do all the other books in Cosmere order to get the full picture. Am I free to talk about my Shard Worlds now? Uh, Which series is that? That's all of them, Connor. Oh, no. <laughs> so allow me to introduce you to the concept of a shard. In the beginning, there was a single god, okay. and he was split into different what shards. What was his name? What was his name? Uh, Butcher, check the wiki really fast. <laughs> uh, give me a second. Uh, Continue. And he's split into different gods, and they all control different planets. And they all have different forms of investiture, which is one single combining unifying force of magic, but it's can be split up further into the physical, cognitive, and spiritual planes. Are you with me so far? Yes. Awesome. Well, in this planet of Roshar, you have the storm surging, and uh, Scaladriel, you have the metallic arts, and so on and so on, and Andalasium. I can't even pronounce that. What the fuck? So Fletcher is holding up the name of this god, and if you're, okay, if you're interested, go to the copper mine, 17th shard, 16's the magic number, there's 16's all around. Adonalasium? Adonalasium. Every god has a medal so maybe Trell has a medal. Hint, hint, that weird red and silver shit that made Miles and Wax's wife, Lessie, go bonkers. Who knows? Overall, I'm going to give this one like a 7 out of 10. So is the overarching threat to the Cosmere one of these gods trying to recreate the Well, the only reason control? I'm even mentioning this is I don't know what they're going to dump in the next book. I Because I feel like he's gearing it up to make it super Cosmere intensive. So I'm a little scared going in personally. I have no fucking clue outside of a couple of books. Spencer, what the fuck is going know, on? There's no pressure, except if you get anything wrong, we are going to assemble the finest team of lore experts to tear you to shreds. Well, with his with his direct line to Sanderson, I don't see how. Spencer he... even said at the beginning Spencer, of the series, "I'm so glad that you could make it." Anyway, allow me, Brandon Sanderson, to tell you what a good job you've done in examining these fine characters I've created. Actually, I'm Mr. Sanderson, and I think you did a good job too. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have a, tr- I have a traitor here. There's one. I'm the physical Sanderson. He's the cognitive Sanderson. No, is there no. a spiritual Sanderson around here somewhere? Uh, uh Mr. Sanderson, is it? <laughs> yes, this is Mr. Sanderson in the spirit. Oh, great. So I'm, I'm Mr. Sanderson. Anderson, you're Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson, Neo as it may be, allow me to introduce myself. That's a Matrix reference for those of you uh, missing out on the hot new movie from 25 years ago. I'm just glad I could make that one. We have another Mr. Sanderson with us. Uh, the fourth Sanderson, as it were. The final Sanderson. The metaphysical Sanderson that exists oh, outside reality. I'm actually... Oh, the unifying outside of reality Sanderson. That's so. Uh, is there a Hoyd here with us? I'm, I'm actually not metaphysically Sanderson. This must have been the Sanderson from a different shard. He jumped here, of course. Or the hypothetical Sanderson. Uh, the Council of Sanderson, I would, I would like to inquire, what happens when my shard breaks? Oh, well, that's a good question, Mr. Sanderson. Let me give, give it over to Mr. Sanderson. Well, thank you, Mr. Sanderson. I'm sure we will finally discover this in the last and final book, which will be reviewed by my greatest fans and genius scholars of the Cosmere, the Remedial Lit Team. So thank you, all of those guys out in Australia, apparently, that have tuned in. <laughs> that that one, that one dude in Leinster, Ireland, if I'm saying that right. And to that one dude in France who started a stream and then cut it off halfway... Well, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in, guys. If you like what you heard, feel free to leave a five-star review. It really helps. Otherwise, class dismissed.